This is the I Went Down to the River podcast. I'm Dan Walton, and I will sit down with fellow alums and talk about what it meant to be a part of the Hawken football program and wear the wings. We share stories of friendship, memorable games, funny moments, and how football made us who we are. You don't need to be on a bus for these tangs. Now let's go down to the river. I'm joined today on this trip down to the river by a quarterback, two linemen, and a slot back linebacker. Within this group, we have two captains and an old board winner. This conversation will surely show the friendship that has lasted over 20 years since they competed in the 1999 season. Please welcome number four on the roster, quarterback Brad Bukatz. Number 78, Nick Carreras, left tackle, defensive tackle. Number 73, Kyle Knox, left tackle, D-tackle. And number 22, Matt Oberdorfer, slot and linebacker. Fellas, it's good to see y'all. What's going on? Good to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah. So this is the maiden voyage of multiple people from a class doing a recording. I'm super excited. Uh, Appreciate you guys coordinating this and getting this uh, going. And... uh, to hear some of the stories that uh, you guys are going to share here over the next little bit. So let's go ahead and start off. And uh, what I'd like to have you each take a moment and share is talk about when you joined Hawkins School as a student and what your first football memory was from Hawkins. Matt, let's start with you. Okay, yeah. Let's see. I started as a uh, freshman in high school, came from Chagrin Falls, which was uh, one of those towns where like everything stops on football night, the band comes through every school, whether it's elementary school or whatever. So I was super excited to get involved with the program. And uh, my family knew, um, my grandparents were friends with the Menifees and the Menifees are friends with the Waltons. So I had heard a lot about coach, but I was excited to get started and playing with coach. So. Yeah, I, I was really excited about this season. My first memory, though, was not, uh, it's not glamorous whatsoever. My mom walked me into the school, into the uh, training room, and she asked for her coach Craig Walton. And I was like, oh, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, when was, when was that? This would have been like, like before school started? Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, I don't know anybody yet. And, uh, Coach looked up, he's like, Craig. Well, I don't know a Craig, but I'm Cliff Walton. So, <laughs> that was my first memory. It's, you know, there's, there's probably better first memories, but from there I sort of had to fight my way out of a hole. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Kyle, how about you? Uh, kind of similar story to Obi. I, I transferred into Hawken uh, from a public school from West Yaga, uh, freshman year high school. Um, not nearly as much buzz as chagrin, but similar, you know, a town where everybody shows up and watches football. Um, my introduction to Hawken football is a little different because I had older cousins that went to Hawken. So I had a cousin class 88 and I remember going to see OJ, uh, when I was a very young kid. Um, I don't remember much about the games. I just remember him ripping off the helmet and the jerry curl just you know looking perfect you know and uh, uh and then my my other cousin uh 
uh, class of 92. Um, I remember going to a lot of games and tagging along with that team. They did, they had a lot of success. So, you know, seeing coach on the sideline, I knew who he was before I got there and I was excited to, to come join a program that um, had a lot of success. Coach Cliff or Coach Craig? The one and only <laughs> Coach. Coach okay. Kyle, who were your, uh, what were your cousins' names? So uh, Angela Payne was my cousin, class 88. She played field hockey, but, um, yeah. and then Brian Payne, her brother, uh, class of 92, number 73 also. Number 73, BP was one of BP. the best interior D lineman that we've had in program history. He had such a quick get off, man. He was talented. Yeah. I'm not, not the biggest guy, but, uh, you know, gets got off the line quick. And, um, and also, you know, just, I had a tremendous amount of respect for the program and, uh, for what, what, uh, you know, coach demanded each day from us. So. That's great. Hey, Brad, how about you? So unlike the last two guys, I, uh, I'm a Hawk and lifer. So I've been there since kindergarten. Um, don't know anything else for better or worse. Um, but my first memory of anything related to the football program was actually in kindergarten. We had uh, some of the captains, I believe, came down and spoke to our kindergarten class right before the fall family fair and homecoming uh, to kind of tell us, you know, welcome to Hawken. This is one of the things we do. And one of those captains happened to be OJ McDuffie. Um, we were actually uh, talking about this a couple of weeks ago because we couldn't remember, did we make this up in our heads or was it true? But it was two different people who both remembered it. So we were like, okay, it must have been the case. We don't remember either of the other two people that were there talking to us, unfortunately. Um, after that, it wasn't really until middle school. And then uh, uh, Aaron Grant was a coach and uh, you know, started to, to learn a bit about the program and was excited to be a part of it once high school started. So Brad, you were in kindergarten during that 87 season. Is that what it is? Uh, so I, I think kindergarten would have been like 86 fall, maybe. Okay. Um, but it might have been 87. It was something 86 or 87. Uh, but honestly, don't remember much. Um, you know, other than, hey, this is a really good football player who is supposed to be talking to us. Sure. <laughs> Nick? Um, so yeah, so different than all three. I came, I came to Hawken in eighth grade. Um, not, you know, like there weren't a lot of us, but a small group of, of, of kids that got in before like the, the, you know, I think we went from what, like Brad, like 65 when we graduated eighth grade to like 110. So I was like in between there, I came in, um, just an odd year. I had gone to a school, um, Catholic grade school called Jesu. Uh, did not play football there, but came over, um, and I knew Hawken from having been at, at, uh, at Hawken camp, like Hawken sports camp, where I worked for like, I don't know, the better part of a decade after, uh, and during high school. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I remember, I remember coming over, um, and I remember going into eighth grade talking <laughs> and, and, and you like, and, and being at sports camp and knowing coach. And him ask, saying something along the lines of like, because I was a big dude, you know, even, you know, even, you know, <laughs> I was, I was a bit, like, you know, bigger dude for eighth grade. Um, and I remember coach was like, does coach Hauserman know about you? Hauserman, I think would have been the, uh, 
the seventh, eighth grade coach. Is that right, Brad? Hauserman? Yeah, Hauserman. And- yeah. Yeah. And he was just, Hauserman know about you? And I was like, I don't know. Maybe. Um, so, but yeah, that's uh, that. Yeah, eighth grade. That was my first experience. So one of the next things we're going to, we're going to talk about is the shared experience of being a part of a football team and going through a football season and a varsity football career. And it'll be interesting to hear um, your perspectives on that because we have two ninth grade entries into Hawkins school and what was, what that was like entering a new school and then joining up this football program and what the sort of the acclimation process was there. And then someone who showed up in middle school, had a year at the school and then transitioned up to Gates Mills with everyone else. And then Brad as the lifer. So I'm curious to hear your perspective on sort of the start of the football program and what it meant to be on this team with this brotherhood that is not immediate maybe for you, but is grown through um, the joining of a team, the sweating together, the practice, the struggles, the high points and all of that. So um, Brad, as the, as the lifer, I'd like to hear your, uh, your sort of perspective on that as you're going into ninth grade here and uh and and just kind of more of an overview of four years instead of specific sure um you know i think going into ninth grade as a lifer obviously is not as big of a change as coming in from the outside uh so there were pluses and minuses with regards to football with that that was the only kind of new thing so you didn't have to worry about oh i don't have to meet all these new friends get to know new people how things work at a new school, different location, but same school. Um, so you got to a little less stress of that. I, I don't, the other guys can probably talk about um, how football affected, you know, going into a new school. Um, but it was an opportunity to meet people who I didn't know in the school. Um, outside of Nick, uh, we didn't have many, you know, football players coming up from the, the middle school my year. Uh, so a lot of the guys who were coming in were newer guys. Um, so it was meeting them and forming these bonds, which um, are definitely a lot different than the ones I have with people I've known since kindergarten. Um, I've known them longer, but I've been through more with these group of guys, if that makes sense. No, it um, definitely does. Those hot August days, um, you know, it, it's your brand new friend, Kyle, helping you up off the ground, um, telling you to, to get running more, you know, things like that. <laughs> Um, being there to support you. Uh, and, and so it's good. It, it definitely helps. Um, and obviously it's, it's stuck around for 20 plus years. Nick, with one year at the middle school under your belt, what was that transition like to the Gates Mills campus and then uh, joining the varsity program? So, yeah, it, it's, it, it's interesting to think, uh, to think back on it because I do, I do remember feeling like coming in in eighth grade is a, was a super weird time to come in. It was sort of like, you're at the end of this chapter. Uh, I didn't, you know, like, like the first couple of months of eighth grade, you know, like I knew people from, you know, like on the football team and like my classes, but I didn't have like very strong friends probably until at least halfway through the year, but I had gone through that already. So I think coming into, um, 
you know, like going into freshman year, going into high school, I was like, all right, I've already done this. Like I've already, like, I have all these people that I know I'm established, you know, at least semi-established with, you know, like the, you know, like the majority of this class. I had spent summers at, uh, you know, obviously like, you know, at camp, like at the upper school. So it was, it was like a, it was like familiar stomping ground. So I felt, um, I felt a little bit more acclimated, but it's still, obviously it's such a, you know, you go from being, um, you know, like a, you know, like the, the biggest on, you know, like in middle school to, to being a freshman. And it's just a strange thing. So I think there was an interesting, um, you know, there was an interesting, you know, there was an interesting unity. And there was, you know, like for our group, and I think, you know, like to start with, there was a few more, you know, like obviously our, our, the end of our class was, there were six of us, but uh, to start off with, there was a few more, but, but it really, I think this core group, we were friends pretty quick. Um, Kyle had a birthday in like the middle of August. I think he was, you were turning 13, 12, <laughs> uh, 14, maybe. I don't know. I can't remember. Uh, yeah, Something I like that. I think it was 13, I, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> 13 or 14. Right. Um, no, Kyle had a birthday. And I think like, you know, like right, like right in the middle of two days, we would like, you know, we were already, you know, was that went the, uh, to, uh, Yaga Lake, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so that, but the, so it was like very early on, there was like a little bit of a crew there. And, um, and I think, you know, like that's kind of, um, you know, it's a unique thing about, about football and, and the program, but I think also like a unique thing, I think it speaks um, a lot about the unity of, of our class because we were, we were tight knit like early on. And so Kyle and Matt as incoming freshmen, uh, was that a, you guys had you guys were a part of the varsity team joining in because of your numbers. So was that a June mini camp during the summer? Was yeah, that sort of your I, first uh, appearance? I think uh, I first joined the team on a Thursday, like Thursday summer session, and um, sure. And you know, I I started to form bonds with these guys pretty quickly, uh, and I'm glad I did because you know when the school year hit that's when the real transition was for me, uh, especially academically. I was getting my, my teeth kicked in by Mr. Hawks and by uh, Mr. McCann. Uh, so, you know, I was, there were conversations I had with coach, with my parents, like, is this really for me? Um, but, you know, the bond that, that we formed and, and the encouragement of both coach and, and the rest of the team really helped helped uh fill that void and um yeah you know my birthday just little things like that um you know social events uh in our freshman year that really brought us a lot closer together and 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 the struggles too from practice the the daily grind and um you know the the, the traditions that we have so Kyle we talk about um we talk about how when students are involved with a sports season, that it helps them with their time management skills. Can you imagine what that freshman year would have started like maybe if you were not a part of the uh, football team? Yeah, I mean, do you, think that would have been, do you think that would have been significantly more difficult? Do you oh, think yeah, it would have I, been mean, I, I don't think I would have stayed. You know, I think that, you know, I think that that was the extra motivation for me, you know, seeing uh, suiting up, playing for Coach Walton, playing, um, you know, kind of filling the uh, the family legacy, but also, 
um, you know, once you form these bonds with Ovi and with Nick and Brad, we, you know, we, we feel like we let each other down in a way um, if we're not, if we're not bringing it every day and being a part of the team. Um, so it, it became pretty, pretty natural, pretty quickly, I think. Matt, how about your transition from Chagrin? I would say I had a similar sentiment uh, where I, I didn't, I didn't know like with Kyle in this regard, um, but I, I didn't know anyone at Hawken. I don't think I knew a single person. Uh, so the Hawken football team was my first family uh, and it only grew from there. Um, that's where my first friendships with Kyle or Nick or Brad formed and many others. Um, and they just persisted all through the summer and through freshman year and four years of high school and to this day. Uh, I, I remember distinctly, I could feel the tradition of Hawken football right off the bat. I could also feel the expectations. Um, you're going to give 100%. We expect to win. Uh, we expect to play football the right way. And we're going to teach you the right way. We just need a 100 or 110% out of you. And I was hooked. I was hooked from right from the get-go. I really liked um, the opportunities that were available to go do a good job. Um, I'm not sure really other programs trust players necessarily at the same level that Hawken football has historically trusted players to go, to go play their position. Um, and I, I didn't let her as a freshman. I was brand new, nor should I. But I felt like I was really part of something special. And I think when people talk about Hawken football traditions, I think they're spot on. But I would also add that this was really the first time in my life that I felt like I was part of something bigger than myself. And so when people talk about traditions and memories and friendships, I think that's true. But I think the lesson of being part of something bigger than yourself is just something you can carry forward, whether it's your job or a family, or whatever the case may be. So I guess long story short, I was hooked from day one. And I feel like I got probably 10 or 100 times more out of it just from watching the guys around me put in work. And I didn't know this till my senior year when I was made aware of it, but I didn't miss a day of high school. And I thought to myself, well, this is not academically related. I did fine in school, but I realized after I heard this, I sort of digested it. And I'm like, because uh, I never wanted to, if I didn't go to school, I wasn't going to practice. So for me, it was really simple. I, uh, with winter and spring sports, it just covered the whole school here, which just meant my attendance was perfect. So, but that really started with uh, Hawken football. Honestly, the expectations were set. And uh, Matt, you talked about those expectations were really clear. I'm curious, and any one of the four, you can answer this. Were those expectations given to you through messaging from the coaches, from the players, or was it just something that in the repeated 
sort of phraseology of how things were operating during the summer? I think that comes from the top down too. Um, you see it throughout all the coaches that are at our program. Um, you know, I have the utmost respect for each one of them that went through and they have all the integrity in the world. Um, you know, I've been lucky enough to, to be on the sidelines in a number of different capacities since and been on other sidelines to see what not ideal coaching, mentoring, and being around children is. Um, you're around 13 to 18-year-old young men. That's a very formidable time in their life. Um, and I think the program does a great job of instilling tremendous values. And like Obi said, setting the standard from day one. Um, and that allows them to give the captains and the players more freedom to be leaders amongst themselves because they know what's expected. Um, and I think you just, you get that feeling from the day you walk in the door, like Obi said. Yeah. That's interesting to, to put it in, in those terms, Brad, because I can remember uh, probably particularly as a freshman, but throughout all of high school, you know, like, when we would, you know, like when we would travel or other schools would, you know, like we were, you know, just playing against other schools that didn't hold themselves to like that level of athleticism, that level of sportsmanship, uh, that level of character um, and seeing, uh, you know, like seeing, you know, like playing against teams or seeing other teams where coaches like didn't carry themselves in the same way as our coaches did, or there wasn't that you know, not even like, you know, not even like, like, this is what, you know, what is expected. It was, it was a mandate. It was you, you didn't. I'd say uh, you know, leadership in the locker room. You, that you know, was there were some pretty vocal not guys that came before you know, like us. That, it was always, you so know, they set the tone, get, do the work on the field, expected. keep your character um, very high. In other ways. And I think, you know, you'd see people come in didn't and have to, you know, bad sportsmen, um, you know, like, so I think, getting that into fights a big part you know, like yelling at, that, at um, um you know like yelling at coaches yeah, yelling it, at other players it definitely it just wasn't accepted made, it just and, and there was just mind, no tolerance for it you know, so i think that captain, um there's a lot that comes along there were with definitely that you know like early of, days they uh, set you know like there was sort of that tone set in practice example, but, but when i saw it and, when i saw that it wasn't you know the norm so i think that was very interesting the leadership was a big big factor for the program So you guys mentioned that the leadership of, uh, of the upperclassmen extension of the coaches, so to speak. Uh, I'm curious, what um, upperclassmen would you say had maybe the biggest impact on you as a player or, you know, off the field? Yeah, I remember, I remember these, I remember these guys really, really well, especially, especially I would think my freshman year when you're, really impressionable you're really sort of beginning to understand what is the program 
like, I think that group of seniors, our freshman year was very old school in, in a sense where they didn't tolerate, tolerate a whole lot of uh, nonsense. The Chuck Lombardi's, the Dud Humphreys, the Brian Basics. These guys were there to play football. They were there to hit hard. They were there to win. And that was evident immediately. Even Billy Brown, <laughs> who was the athletic guy and not necessarily the hitter. I remember in a practice, he had a crack back block on me and it's, it was unbelievable. Okay. So like I was, that was the, uh, on the losing end of that exchange. I never saw it coming, but I didn't forget it either. And it was just good football. Uh, it really rung my bell, but I got up and I was like, man, this is fun. This is, this is, this is great. And he's not even the guy that hits on this team. He's not basic. He's not Dudley. He's not um, Lombardi. So, or Lance, these guys were really, really, they were really serious about playing good football and winning. And it was really, it was everywhere you went. It wasn't just the coaches. It wasn't just the players, but even once school started, you walked through and it's like, maybe it was just my impression, but even uh, teachers sort of understood that you were part of the Hawken football program. That was my impression, um, or maybe even other students. So it was nice. It felt like it permeated it everywhere. Yeah. So um, I think as a freshman, someone who I remember stood out was uh, Ryan Clark, actually. Um, thought he was, you know, the, each guy, each captain kind of has their own personality. You get the fiery ones, the, you know, um, the ones who, you know, are the really good athletes and hard workers. Uh, he was a little quieter, but when he did speak, you, you really took it seriously because of that. Um, he, he was business, he was hard work, uh, but he also kind of, um, especially being a, a much smaller freshman as I was, um, you know, he, I remember sometimes after practice, you know, him being like, Hey, you know, you're hanging in there, you know, keep it up. It's not easy. Um, and just, you know, reaching out like that as well. So uh, he was one guy who really stuck out to me. Yeah. I'd say that I was pretty lucky um, to work uh, underneath to learn from, from guys like Eric Brown, who, I mean, he wasn't afraid to take an underclassman under their wing, under his wing, and really show us the ropes. Um, uh, he sticks out. And Sean Powell, I mean, the guy was 110% heart, the smallest guy in the line, but just all heart and play, did everything the right way. So those guys' uh, leadership really helped on, uh, develop me as an offensive lineman. Yeah, I'll double down on that. And I think, you know, and I don't, I don't know if you guys remember, but Ryan had a, um, he had a pretty serious injury uh, um, our freshman year, his senior year. So he was, he was, um, he was sidelined for like a decent portion of that season. So I, I think as freshmen, we had like just a little bit more access to him. And he definitely was like, he was a, you know, he was a very, he was a good captain and a very, you know, like a very calm, uh, you know, like, and, you know, like inspiring voice. I remember, you know, like, I remember 
just like I said, like having access to him because he was, he was injured and he wasn't like with, you know, like on the field, like every down during practice. And so like, it was, uh, you know, it was a super unfortunate, you know, thing for him, but like, I think a lot of us benefited from having, you know, like having him able to talk to us about the program and the importance and, and, and also like, I remember him talking to, I remember him talking about like the friendships that he had built like through football and, and like how important they were and like talking about like a brotherhood. Um, and I remember that's like something that's, that sticks out for me. So that's, you know, like I'm glad you brought him up, Brad. And I think all, and I think Kyle, like Eric Brown, yes, that's who I was thinking of. He was great. He was, um, yeah, not afraid to like take a minute and say like, you're doing this wrong. <laughs> like you do, you're doing this wrong. You could do this better. Matt, you wanted to jump in? Yeah, absolutely. I remember, I, I, if I recall correctly, and this could be like Brad was saying, do I recall this correctly or is it just my imagination? But I re what I recall is uh, Ryan Clark's injury, he was, it was at chagrin and he was diving into the end zone, posted an arm down to get an extra yard and, you know, just took a hit at the wrong time. And he, he, I, I remember him being back out on the field too to kick. So it's like, all right, what can I do? And that sort of mentality, like, okay, I'm not going to be running the football. I'm not going to be tackling guys, but what can I do? You know, you can, you can put my elbow into a, uh, into a cast and I can kick or I can figure it out and I can still contribute. Plus, plus the stuff on the sideline was great. And the other individual that I was thinking of too who doesn't like fit into that class, but was like a really big mentor was Ben Sands. And so he was just on another level, frankly, his, uh, his understanding of the game, his ability to just communicate it, his ability to like find you at the exact right moment, moment and uh, say the right thing. And it was always really simple, really refined, but really poignant. These, these are all the guys I remember really, really well. And so I guess it comes back to that original question. Like the program was steeped with quality people and coaching and uh, it was really enjoyable. Yeah. I want to, before you move on to another subject, I want to name one other person. Um, and it's a little different mold than the people we've named. Um, Kirk Linter was an, who I looked up to as a good leader. Um, and he was also, you know, kind of had a lot of fun, um, knew how to balance, like having fun with getting work done, um, made some great beef jerky that always helped. Um, and it goes back to your, your earlier question about the program. When you see guys like that, they're good leaders then, and they show it throughout their life, they come back, they're passing that on even after they're, they're not playing as coaches, you know, they're coming back because the program means that much and has that big of an influence on people. I, I got to interject because we made reference to this game twice and it was our freshman year. And, you know, that was the game that Clark got injured. And if you guys all recall, um, not all of us attended that game. Um, and, and I want, and I'm sure there's not, I don't know how many young people listen to this podcast, listen to a bunch of old heads, but one of my biggest regrets in all four years was, choosing a social event over a football game <laughs> so 
it was weird. It was a weird thing. And the freshman schedule that he gave the, the freshman the option of going to Chagrin Falls and um, being on the sideline. We knew we weren't going to play, but I think it was like there wasn't enough space on the bus or something crazy like that. Yeah. Or we could go to this freshman social, which, you know, a Hawken freshman social, how, how much fun really could it have been? Right. Um, so if I could have do it all over again, I wouldn't, I would not have, I would not have left my team and, and, um, and really, you know, you go on the road, you play at Chagrin Falls. That's, that's an experience, you know, especially as a freshman. I mean, I'm envious that Obi was got to experience that and I chose, you know, something else. That was a tough position to be put in as a 13 year old though, probably. Right. <laughs> Yeah, you weren't you weren't as mature as us fourteen year olds at the time. <laughs> Don't be hard on yourself. I'm aware of the type of uh, captains that you were just referencing because a couple of them were, you know, not the rah rah always talking type, but when they do speak, there's just so much more power in their message. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't, I didn't put the, I didn't put two and two together and realize that your the senior class when you guys were freshmen was the group right after me. So they were juniors when I was a senior. Um, I know those guys quite well. And I know Ben Sands quite well. And Ben is not a vocal guy. He does not need to hear his voice spoken all the time. Um, but when he would speak up, I can imagine that uh, it quiets up and the ears perk up because uh, what he has to share is uh, is of importance and is somehow going to get the team or you better. So, yeah. so as as we sort of transition to some of the upperclassmen that had an impact on you, um, our next comment will be this. Um, I'd like to talk about. Um, Kyle and Matt, you two were both your senior year. You guys were selected or elected to be captains. Uh, what did, what did that mean to you guys? And then after they're done speaking to that, I'd like Nick and Brad to sort of do a, uh, sort of an overview of what the, what those two, what their leadership model was, but then also the other two that were a part of that, which is, uh, Carney Shanahan, a senior and underclassman, junior Runcota. So Matt and Kyle, if you'd lead off and just tell us about what that meant to you at that time and maybe how it feels different, maybe, you know, a little bit down the road. Okay. I would say, uh, first of all, it was a tremendous honor because You've got the trust and confidence of your teammates and your coaches. You also, every Hawken football player represents Hawken football. Um, but if you get uh, selected to be a captain, you, you immediately um, are taking on a little bit extra maybe is, is a fair way to say it. Um, so I felt like I wanted to do a really good job carrying that water of the people that had come before me and hope to set a good example for the people that would come after. Uh, and that was, I think, 
really the crux of what I, the way I felt at the time, just really honored. And this is a responsibility and I want to go do a good job with it. I remember um, thinking after our senior season, which we didn't have the wins we wanted to have. Um, I remember how good I felt that the next class came through and was winning and they were going to the playoffs and they were winning. And I remember the seniors or the captains from when we got started and then watching those guys go win. I felt like, Six. you know, we had done a good job of keeping the tradition solid, keeping the expectations solid and sort of passing the, uh, the baton onto the next guys. So those were some of my, my main thoughts. It was an honor and uh, an extra bit of responsibility and I want to do a good job with it. Yeah. Thanks Matt. Kyle. Uh, yeah. In addition to it, it being an honor, honor, it was definitely, you know, a motivator to me. Um, I knew that I had to do the, the extras go, you know, be, be the last person to leave, be the first one there and, and try to do all the extras um, to lead by example. Um, and it was, it was a challenging year, our senior year um, with only uh, five seniors and six, six seniors. And, um, you know, it was kind of a, um, crossroads, I would say, probably for, for coach too, in that, you know, his son and Jeff was gone and then just kind of, we were starting from scratch in a lot of skill positions, um, with a, with a small senior class. So, um, I think that, um, I think that we did, like Obi said, I think we did do a good job of, um, uh, of delegating some, some of that responsibility to some of those younger team members on our, on our team that, that, um, then ended up becoming leaders the next year, you know, the Aroons, um, the West and, uh, a lot of the other guys. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I think that I wouldn't trade it, that experience for anything in the world. I think it, it helped me, uh, in other aspects of life, um, in other leadership positions I've had professionally, um, just really understanding how to deal with people, whether they're, you know, doesn't matter whether they're happy or sad or what background you come from, you know, really coming to a common ground with someone and, um, and, and working to reach a common goal and to, to motivate them and get the most out of them. Um, so, um, you know, I, I definitely, uh, would have liked our senior year to have gone a little different with wins and losses, but, um, yeah, I think we did set the path for, uh, for some good, good programs, good years after ours. Um, yeah, well put, well put Kyle. I can, uh, I can feel you on those, uh, those statements because my senior year was kind of a similar situation. We were three and seven and, uh, you know, you're close in a, in a lot of ways to having that win total be more, um, it didn't work out that way. Um, but as you know, my, my classmates and I talk, uh, um, it, it doesn't change the experience 
all these years later, I mean, we still have amazing friendships. We, we cherish the memories of it and, uh, yeah, you wish you had some more wins, but, uh, it's, uh, it didn't take away from how special it was. Um, and it's, I would add too, it's not like we weren't playing good football, frankly, like Brad did the math, you know, as Brad can do (laughs) because he's good at math, but I think he made the point almost, you know, maybe with, within shortly, shortly after the season. And then again, we started talking about it recently, but he ended up, we were, we were 12 points away from being seven and three, which, and then you look at the scores of the games, it was a bunch of close games. So one, you know, maybe one game wasn't close, but we were playing good football, but we were not, um, we were just not coming up with W's some of the time. Yeah. Was Perry and Perry and and uh, and Kirtland and Kirtland were the only games that weren't close, right? I think that I mean that'll give me kind of an opportunity to talk about the captains here. And I think you know when you have a a season that's not going the way you're used to when you've been in the program for a while or what you were expecting, um, and certainly not what you wanted. Uh, leadership is what gets you through. And I think by looking at those scores, you see, you know, we were competitive. Really, the only game we weren't is that Perry game, which honestly, we got our butts kicked. (laughs) Um, But the rest of them, we were. Kirtland was the last game of the year, you know, a little less competitive, a little better team. But um, all the other games that, you know, they weren't the way we wanted them to end, but we fought throughout the entire game. Um, made a lot of good attempts at comebacks. Um, and that comes from the top down, whether it's the coaches, um, but, you know, on the field every day in practice, getting you past those losses, it's the captains, you know, in the locker room, you know, you don't, you don't, I don't think any of us can really remember a coach being in the locker room that much, you know, um, it's the captains and no matter what year you are, you know, who the captains are, um, and if they're not there to lead you through the darker times, it's tough. Obi has, you know, probably the best work ethic of any of my friends, um, hardest worker. And that goes back from day one where he was probably the only guy shorter than me on the football field. Um, but biggest heart and, um, you know, grew into that as a football player. And, um, you know, Kyle has always been, you know, someone there to pick you up and support you and has always led by example too. Um, you know, multi-year starter and, and contributor. So, you know, having those guys as our, our front men and, and Arun who has a little bit of that Kirk Lintern fun vibe, but is an incredibly intense guy as well. Um, you know, those are some, some really good people to have as captains and leaders. Yeah, and I'll add on to that. I think, you know, um, like the work ethic was definitely, the work ethic was like a big thing. And I think, you know, from my perspective, like these are my boys, like these are like, these are the the, the best friends, you know, like, you know, like this is, these, these people are family. Um, and so, you know, like seeing them as captains, like you just, you want them, you want that, you know, like, you know, that they're, that they're going to lead, you know, that they're going to succeed. And then also, you want to support them every, every, you know, every step of the way. And I think, you know, there's leadership for the team. That's like, there's that aspect. And then 
as, you know, like supporting them because this is my family, it made, you know, like there's that element of just like wanting to work harder and like, like really feeling that on a deep level, like, Hey, like I need to, you know, this, you know, this is, you made me want to work harder, made me want to like, you know, like, all right, like in, in past years, like maybe I haven't put it up, put in enough work. Like this is like, I need to, there's, there, you can't fall short here. Like have to do the extra work, like have to be, have to be in the gym, like, you know, all summer, like need to be getting ready, need, you know, like need to be doing all of the things that we can possibly do. And so I think like, particularly because we were such a tight knit group, I think, it, you know, like we felt that, uh, that leadership and it just like, and it's hit a little bit deeper, like from like a point of like inspiration. Arun, Arun and Ovi to this day are still the hardest working people that I know. <laughs> I mean, it's incredible that uh, Arun, he's somebody I still keep in touch with. We all, you know, still keep up with and um, it, his character is is unmatched you know <laughs> so he um we had strong leaders um and and it, it started you know our freshman year by observing you know what what a what a good captain does and i mean we 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 it's not like we didn't witness captains that maybe fell short of that and and uh kind of gave us ideas on you know maybe we we should try to connect with people in a different way or we should try to motiv motivate people in a more positive way. Um, and, you know, I, I think I really don't have any memories of much negativity around our program at all um, in the locker room, especially. So. Kyle, Matt, what do you think was one of the biggest challenges or one of the toughest I things? Say, I would jump in too real quick and say that I think, I think um, I think any of these seniors could have been captains. And like you've heard here a number of times, it, it was a tight knit group. It really was. Uh, and people were putting in the work. I remember like, how many outs, how many routes uh, Brad and I ran uh, leading into senior year, especially it was it was great and so uh brad and nick could have done a very good job with it too i'll add, I'll add that but that didn't really answer your question what was your question again dan my question was what do you uh what do you think was one of the sort of the yeah. biggest challenges of being a i think captain? one of the biggest challenges well an obvious challenge for me was i was in a skill position but i wasn't i wasn't truly a playmaker right so i um I felt like I was going to go play fundamental football. I was going to carry the ball. I was going to protect the ball. I was going to fall forward. I think I could go pick up a first down, but I wasn't going to make something out of nothing. I, you know, Matt Roth did that. Um, Billy Brown did that. Justin Goggins did that. Uh, Matt Korn, you know, a year later, he would go do that. Right. So I think, um, I think there were some times when, when, uh, you know, going out there and playing fundamental football was good, but when you have tight games, I guess I'll, I'll put it on myself here. When you have tight games, that, that one little extra playmaker, you know, 
the guy who can turn nothing into something that gets you three or six points. Right. So I think, I think um, in many regards that that was, that was one thing that, you know, I'll take responsibility for, but also something else that was tough about it is the finality of it. So you watch these guys come before you and it feels like you're living in the moment. You definitely are living in the moment, but you just don't have the perspective yet. Um, even though I bet Hawken football players have more perspective than maybe the next school because there's so much tradition and expectations, it's still tough. You know, you're 17 or 18 years old to understand um, that you get X amount of games. And, you know, like Nick had an elbow injury. I had a shoulder injury. You know, Brad and Kyle weren't entirely healthy the whole time. So you can miss you can miss games that way. I remember Carney had an injury. Right. So you can miss games, too. So it's already short and then you can miss games, too. So I think sort of the finality of it and how do you really like take the bull by the yeah. horns and uh, yeah. really own the moment? Um, I think Hawkins football players do that pretty well, by and large. But I also think they just wish they could have done just a little bit better because it's such a sweet experience. Yeah. I like how you um, you commented on both sides of that because I do agree with what you're saying, but I also think of every year that senior class and you know how many times did you hear the message of like your four years are going to go quick, they're going to go by quick, um, or hey, this might be your last game. You don't know when your last game is going to arrive. And with both of those, you know, as a 17 or 18 year old, it's uh, sometimes hard to hear that and process it and take it for what it is and really appreciate in that moment. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, if there's younger players that end up listening, which I hope they do, I would, I would just say you need to, you know, this is something if I, I take this mentality with me many places, but it's like, say you're just in the weight room, right? Say it's chest day. Like this is your one shot at chest day today. Right. This is your one shot because you're going to you're going to put in a certain amount of work and you're going to be sore and you're going to leave and. You're not going to be able to go do chest day again tomorrow because you need to have some recovery. So this this is your chance to go do a fantastic job with this. It's right now. It's this play. It's this week. You know, it's, it's this set of bench press or whatever the, the case may be of whatever you're working on, you know, like it's right now. So do a great job with it. And um, because it does end up going fast, if you work your butt off, you can, you can walk away feeling pretty good, feeling pretty good about what happened, even though you want more. Yeah. I think you guys both nailed it. I think football was the first time, you know, that, that last game, that's the first time I, I can remember in my life looking back and being like, wow, this is the end of something, mm -hmm. you know? Um, yeah, I, I well definitely wasn't someone who was going to have an opportunity to play going forward. But even if I did, um, it was still the end of Hawking football for me. And, and, you know, as everyone has, has said multiple times, you know, these guys are family. Um, they're as close to me as brothers. Um, and again, you know, that, that's, because of what we went through and because of, you know, where we came up short and we're there for mm -hmm. each other. So, um, you know, it teaches you going forward to take advantage of opportunities. Um, part of me wishes that, you know, 
you learn that before you get into to football so that you can really fully not have any regrets at the end, but um, you learn and that's what it's about. Kyle, what was your favorite tradition during mm, your uh, high school McDon career? McDonald's uh, eat-off, I would think. Yeah, burger eat-off, man. That was, <laughs> the burger eat-off. We would do a lot of damage there. We would do a lot of damage. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Does anyone remember their total now that we're talking about it? From one of the years I have the book right here. Yeah, we do. We do want you to get that list. <laughs> I mean, I remember my two assignments each year. Oh, this was uh, they were not 98, <laughs> uh, 98 season. Let's see. Arun, four big cheesies. West, West 16 cheeseburgers. <laughs> <laughs> I really remember that. Uh, I remember that. Carney, 80 nuggets. <laughs> uh, <laughs> They made Roberts eat was five, eating as a junior? five dry salads. <laughs> uh, Brad, <laughs> looks like you had two large milkshakes, uh, three sundaes. Anyway. Oh, that was sophomore year. Yeah, that was. Carreras is all extra value. Yikes. Everything. <laughs> Nick, Nick, how about you? What was Maybe your the favorite mud in the end zone? Claiming the field? Yeah, claiming the field. Know. Okay. Did you did you have a pattern? Did you have a like? Was it the same every yes. week, or was it just? Yeah, I will walk it off. And um, and I, now I can't remember, but I would walk. I would. I had like a like a pattern, like corner to corner to corner, and then like however many. I can't remember what the number was. But I would want to say I'd walk out from like back left and it was so many steps like across the back. And that was my that was my my ritual. But uh, yeah. Any of the other did any of the other three? Did you guys have a process for putting your uh, putting the dirt down at away games? In your year, I finally did, uh, you know, not playing much before then, it, you know, didn't have much to go on. But uh, senior year was kind of whatever kind of goal line, two point conversion play. We had really worked on um, passing play clearly um, during the week and would kind of mark out wherever that receiver was supposed to be that we had kind of talked about um, and kind of put the mud there where I thought the ball was supposed to be. So. Nice. Matt? I think I was a little bit just straightforward with it. I, I, <laughs> I wasn't as creative, but I remember like Jim Dempsey Oh man, he, I would just, I'd love watching him. He was like a wild man. And like, it didn't matter what he was doing, whether it was sacking a quarterback or like working with mud, he was going to do it with a lot of zest and, uh, you know, watching him, that was really fun. He was just like, was he the last to put the mud, was wow. he, was he the last to put the mud down his year? Yeah. Cause for us, it was, it was flu. Where are you going to put a flu? Yeah. Where, yeah. where are you going to put a flu? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Where did he put it? <laughs> because there's been years where uh, oh, the yeah, last person puts it in the mouth. Snap yeah. one time and do something wild like that. I think he. I think he did. <laughs> I think. I think there was he one. Just went kind of wild. I think. 
Yeah, where he went wild on it. <laughs> Brad, favorite tradition? Um, yeah, favorite tradition. You know, mud was obviously a big one, but uh, I think that maybe the the team breakfast was probably favorite tradition. Again, you know, something where the team was doing everything together. Um, a way to see how different guys, you know, to learn how people dealt with, you know, the, the stress or pressure that comes with kind of leading up to a game um, or relaxing before, you know. Um, so I thought that was good. Um, but I think probably fudge. <laughs> <laughs> I liked, uh, I liked breakfast more prior to my senior year. As a senior, I was like, I was a little too tightly wound to sort of enjoy it as much as I did as a sophomore and even a little bit as a junior. Um, But as a senior, the breakfast was about that team meal Friday night and then most times, you know, sleeping over at whoever was hosting the next morning. So it was still a great, great tradition, great memory. But man, that spread looked good, but I could not enjoy it as much as I wanted to. Yeah, for sure. Let's uh, let's think about memories of varsity firsts. Okay, so I'm going to ask if there is a first um, from your varsity career that really has kind of a good, clear memory. That could be your first varsity snaps. That could be first varsity tackle, touchdown, reception, carry, completion. Um, and it doesn't matter sort of what year that first we're talking about. So is there a first that kind of really, uh, really sticks out in your mind when you I think about it? I remember one really well. So freshman year, I didn't, um, didn't play varsity, but sophomore year, um, I was going to, I was on the kickoff for the kick return team. And it was, you know, me and someone far more athletic than me to my right, probably Roth. And I'm, and we've got our first game of the season and I'm thinking to myself, and I was on the kickoff team too. So I'm like, please, like, I know coach loves getting the football, but it's just, let's just go ahead and lose this coin toss. I could just run down there on kickoff and hit some people and just get that out of my system. Just get the season going. But the captains came in at field, I believe. And they said, we got the ball. And I immediately, <laughs> this is the only time in my like athletic, whatever days where I felt sick to my stomach. I'm thinking to myself, Oh, okay. They are absolutely kicking it right to me because they, they know this other guy, they probably, you know, they know he's a threat. So yeah, they, they, they kick it right to me. I just think, you know, okay, we're going to field this ball cleanly. You can go straight ahead. I think I ran into my own guy, just like head down, both hands on the ball. Just, just on a train just track to wherever. Ahead, <laughs> pull the football. I remember that really, really well. You know, I remember the ball in the air thinking I've done this a hundred times. Just, this is just another catch. Just, just, you know, just another catch. So that, that's the one I remember right off the bat. Nice. Um, so I remember my first start as a senior, um, was ironically also at field. Um, and I have a habit of kind of when I'm really nervous, not 
remembering things after the fact. It's kind of like a, a blackout. Wait, wait, did I just do that? What happened? Um, uh, good example. Don't remember speaking a single word of my chapel talk <laughs> <laughs> at Hawkins. Um, I remember shaking hands and I remember clapping, nothing in between. Um, but all I, I, that stands out from my first game at field was as we're leaving the field house, uh, I actually remember you pulling me aside and uh, you were, were back kind of just helping out and the summer first game um, and probably could tell I was pretty nervous uh, about everything. And I don't remember exactly what you said, but it was just super calming to the effect of, hey, you've been doing this all month in practice. It's the same thing. Fields the same, balls the same, same guys are around you. Uh, and it was just, it was really helpful. And, uh, you know, we threw one pass all game. That also helps. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, we got the W and uh, I just remember, the, wow, there was a big change between how I was feeling in the, the field house and then when we got to the field after that. So, yeah. Nice. <clears throat> um, I, okay, I have like, I can I can go with two. I have one that was like a first, like you know, like like a real first, and then then there's also like the first time I actually got in in a varsity game. So I'll start with like a, what I remember as as um as like a little bit more of like a um a monumental one. I it was probably my sophomore year, and I was working in like on defense on defensive line, <clears throat> and I got in for like. I think it was like one series and like the first play, I remember being super jittery and just like, you know, like, you know, like trying to figure out like, all right, like, what am I doing? Like, like, where's the ball? Uh, and, you know, and, and like not being in the same place or being ineffective on that first down and then, and knowing it. And then on the second, and then on the second play, ball, ball came loose and I had, you know, I, you know, I, I, I'll give it to myself. I, I was like, just fall on it and I did and I picked up the fumble and so that's a that is a good memory and I was that was like I think my first uh like one of my first like varsity um downs freshman year I think Nick had a, I think Nick had a lot of I did. fumble recoveries I don't know I just you had a knack for coming up with a ball when it got just, good. just good I saw the ball on the ground and just nice. falling I knew that was the only time I was going to get to hold it. Um, Nick was in those pileups, <laughs> tickling people and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. My, but the right, real, right I think place, the right real, time. I did get in freshman year and I have a very uh, vivid memory of just like, we weren't like, it was, it was our freshman year. Like we just, you know, like it was the last game of the season. We weren't supposed to, you know, like be playing. And so, there was, and I can't remember who it was, but a senior, um, forgot their cleats and so like I let them take my cleats and I was just in like street like in sneakers like on the sidelines and and we were winning and I got on the field and I, and I was like remember being in sneakers and just being, and then and I, I could hear somebody in the stands you know like what do they say like look at the Carreras he's wearing sneakers and I was like this is crazy. Um, and so that sticks out. And I was just like, like, ugh, like really seriously. But so the, the fumble better, better, better memory. <laughs> Kylie you got well, any first I'll be memories? honest with you. Uh, life on the offensive line can get a little redundant. Um, you know, plays seem to kind of all blur together, but um yeah, I will say some of my most fun times, memories, 
uh, were like senior year when I was able to get in on like kickoff kale return. And I used to love just run as fast as you can and hit somebody as hard as you can. I mean, that's, um, I remember a practice where I was on kale and Roth was returning and I mean, five plays back to back to back. I mean, we were just, they would be throwing all kinds of penalties straight helmet to helmet, just, you know, and it's, it was, it was, that's, you know, a beautiful thing, man. I, I miss, I miss, I miss it. I miss the pads. I miss everything about it. Um, but yeah, you know, special teams. Um, I, I do regret, you know, not getting to play more, more defense and, and playing more of an active role on defense. I know that, you know, we definitely had, uh, we had the capacity to work, to go both ways, to play Ironman football because um, our numbers were low. And um, so that'll be a regret of mine, just not, not getting to play more D, but um, you know, just fun memories, man. So you went down on kickoff coverage I did. for us, man. Wedge I would breaker. not want to be uh, set, setting the wedge or uh, responsible for uh, blocking whatever position you were. That's it's a little too much human being coming full speed at me, man. I would I would oh, lay that. I think yeah. uh, maybe or, uh, or call for <laughs> sideline return. All right. I remember two. I remember two plays too that I wasn't a part of it. Again, like the guys were saying, uh, correct me if this is just my imagination, but I, I remember one for sure is uh, Brian Basics pick six against US on our sideline, and you could see it develop, and you're like, here comes the ball. It's like this is it, boom, pick six. Everything like everyone goes wild, like such an amazing moment for him and obviously the whole team. That was super memorable, and then. <laughs> I remember Jeff, your brother, playing safety, and Sean McHugh playing fullback for Chagrin on our field. And this was uh, our junior year, uh, Jeff's senior year, Sean's junior year. And they both – I mean, your, your brother was strong and hit. Sean was huge and hit. They both had 20 yards of uh, – head of steam it's like nobody touched either of them they collided and the hit was like just the sound of the hit it was it was uh fantastic uh both guys just like completely stopping their tracks and uh super i mean you know super memorable play just two guys that just uh really all about will and the desire to win and, uh, you know, losing hurts more than this hit's about to. In fact, this hit's probably going to be a little bit fun. <laughs> those, two, those two hitting each other was unforgettable. How many times did how – many, how many times did we watch Billy Brown return a kickoff and didn't get touched once? I mean, yeah. it was – it, it was a ridiculous at one point. It was, it was like, right. he was so much more superior than everybody else on the field. It was, yeah, it was you watch him do it and you like, didn't fully even understand it. You just watched it in front of you. No one was gaining on him. He didn't look though. like he was yeah. running that fast. He didn't look like he was running that. And, and same with Sands too. 
Well, there's a reason Billy Brown had the success he also did uh, for four years at Yale. Thanks for sharing those uh, those memories, those firsts. Uh, we're gonna go. We're gonna move to senior season review, and we'll go. We'll go down the uh, ten game schedule. And if you have something that sticks out to you, um, a memory from it that you uh, you want to share, just jump on in. Um, this was once again. This is the '99 season, um, season in which uh, the Hawks were three and seven. Uh, Week one game against Field High School. This is a game in which the Hawks um, have a close game and come back by way of a 14 to 13 win. Yeah. I mean, uh, first game, we had a lot of optimism going into the season outside of the skill positions. We returned a lot. Uh, our line, um, we had a lot. I think one of the biggest lines in the area. Uh, I remember there were like articles being written about it uh, leading up to it. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, like I said, I think we threw one pass all game um, and uh, I'm pretty sure I, I did not even throw it. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> so yeah, five passes all game. Um, and, but uh, you know, a close game that we, you know, fought through. And, and I think that was, was good because it let us know that, you know, we can fight and if we were behind, we can get back. So we needed that that year. Yeah. I, I remember the optimism leaving that game. I mean, everybody was on cloud nine first, first, uh, you know, first game of the season off to a winning, winning start. And um, I just remember, um, I remember some big hits in that game. I remember it was pretty physical. Um, and it came down to the, it came down to, it was, you know, the fourth quarter obviously decided it. Um, you guys else have any memories? Um, yeah, I mean, I, as we move through, I don't know how, like I, my memory might get a little spotty as we move through, <laughs> but uh, I do, I do remember. Well, yeah, we don't need to go to the binder. Um, <laughs> um, but I do remember this game and I remember, and I can't remember if we got the ball first or second, but I remember the, the first down of defense, um, just a root, like routine, very basic, like play, but like shucked alignment, and then made like a clean tackle, like on the first play. I remember that very specifically, like my first, um, you know, like that first, that first play. And I think that is something that stood out uh, from that game. And just for the season for me, because it was like, all right, like I've spent like the off season, like really working, you know, like, like working on technique, like working on strength, like working on conditioning. And it was just like, this is, it wasn't anything special. It was just like, that was what I was supposed to do. And, and I did it. And I think that stuck out for me. Is this the game where uh, maybe everyone outside of the program, it was like a coming out party for Matt Roth as far as his abilities carrying the ball? Yeah, I think, you know, um, we all knew the talent that Matt had as a runner um, leading up to that. I, I, he got some decent playing time, but he was a sophomore the year before. 
Um, and there were some seniors ahead of him who would put in some work and, and uh, you know, could handle the position. Um, so, yeah, it was definitely an abil a time for him to come out and, and uh, you know, set the tone for kind of where our playmakers were going to be that season. So one and zero going into the second ball game, and uh, that is a matchup against University School, uh, one in which uh, we fall short by two points, twenty-five to twenty-seven. Um, curious to hear. Um, I was. This was one of the. This was a long. This was kind of a break in a long streak of university school games that I had seen, and this was one I didn't. And I remember calling home that weekend and talking to my dad and sort of getting the recap and just how close it was and how just it what a battle and just kind of falling short. Curious to hear uh, your thoughts. Yeah, this is this is. I mean, an understatement, but this is the game. Right, this is the game. Uh, you want to you want to play great every week, but this week is is extra special. You remember all the things uh, from the years before, and then when you can catch them afterwards, you really remember this game well. It was really I remember it was just really evenly uh, matched. It just felt really evenly matched out there on the field, and it felt like. Whoever's going to have the ball last or whoever's going to, you know, have one extra opportunity was really probably going to come away with the win. I felt like we were um, absolutely, you know, that, that was a, that was a winnable game for us. Like you said, it was close. Um, I think uh, Payne's touchdown really sticks out of me, Brad. Uh, that was Big play, you guys. Big connection, you guys had. What what route did we complete to Greg? He was a backside post. He was like the third or fourth option. Yeah. And uh, caught him out of the corner of my eye at a last minute, just as I was literally the – I think it was the, the linebacker coming in. It was uh, uh, one of the, the sprint rollouts, I think. And, uh, yeah, I, I didn't – after getting hit, I wasn't sure it was going to make it to him. <laughs> I think I think the Kansas City Chiefs watched this film and took this out of our playbook. They run this with Tyreek Hill now. Like <laughs> they learned that from from <laughs> that play. Yep. Herrera's had five kickoffs for 227 yards. That's a 45 point. And Knox, I was going to wait until after a W to talk about that. <laughs> but if you want to. <laughs> If you want to talk about it at the end of the year, <laughs> is that is that like a Hawking is that like a Hawking record or what? That's got to be. It's got to be. So we, we can talk about there, this now, right? Nick. Nick the kicker, <laughs> rocking number seventy-eight as the kickoff specialist. Tell us a little bit about how this came to be. Um. Well. I think it would have been, you know, like our, our junior year, uh, Dusty Dykstra was kicking and he, he had a, he had a, uh, he had a leg on him. He had a boot on him. He could put it in the end zone pretty easily. And then, um, you know, our senior year, like we needed a kicker and I could kick it, you know, like I, you know, 
I could, I could kick it. And I, I, it wasn't pretty, you know, like I didn't kick it like you're supposed to. I didn't, you know, kick it soccer style. I was a, just a, an old school, like old man toe basher. And I, <laughs> and I would, I remember just like in practice, like my goal was to like literally just like keep my leg completely straight, swing it just like a hammer hitting or like a croquet stick, like a mallet hitting a football. And I could put it down there at the 10. I could put pretty consistently uh, most of the time. So, so sometimes it wasn't like a perfect science to it. And, uh, and yeah, and that was, you know, <laughs> and, and, and so it, it kind of shifted the, uh, it shifted the dynamic on kickoffs a little bit because instead of, you know, like your kicker hanging back to make that, um, you know, the, to be that last, you know, that last tackle like my my lateral movements weren't exactly what you would call strong so like um i would i was i I would kick it and then just i had 10 yards on of a of lead up on everybody just keep moving just like go down hit the first dude i saw you and knox were the uh wedge busters on that we should uh the program should have bought you the program should have bought you the boomer which uh, I don't know. Do you know what the boomer What's is? The boomer. <laughs> so the uh, the kicker my junior year was a senior, Blake Kleinman, and he was like you. He just towed it. We had no one that could come up and strike it like a soccer style kick. And so Blake went out and bought this boomer, and it's a single shoe, and it's a squared toe. <laughs> and so after scoring, he'd run to the sideline and. Christy or some, you know, underclassman would have the shoe and like get it to him and he'd switch out shoes real quick and then he'd line it up and use the boomer and it's this odd looking shoe and it helped, uh, helped the consistency and a little bit of depth kicking it down there. I, you're talking about getting some of those down to the 10. If we could have had Carreras and a boomer, we're talking out of the back of the end zone touchbacks and also save Knox on a yeah. couple of those sprints. And, and the, the, uh, you know, like, I probably would have sliced a couple less of them too. Like if I had a Nick, were you kicking in cleats or tennis shoes? <laughs> no, I was kicking in cleats. There's only tennis shoes that You're one helping time. A guy. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I had to. Um, but yeah, no, that was um, yeah, because there was a couple. Yeah, like if you didn't hit it, if you didn't hit it like pretty straight on, it um, you know, it wasn't you know, it was, it was going off to the side and it was, it was kind of nasty, but, but uh, yeah. So going it, going into week three, um, a game at Gilmore. And this is a game that similar, uh, similar theme, kind of a little slow out of the gates, maybe to score and, and playing catch up. Right. Yeah. This one hurt too, because we had actually, I think we had went and scouted. Yeah. We scouted that U.S. and Gilmore game, and Gilmore got their tails blown off. And uh, we thought that for sure, you know, we'd have similar success that U.S. did since we played them tight. But it's it was a Thursday game. I remember everything about that game just felt off. And uh, – and they had a running back that just was just we couldn't stop him. That yeah. game hurt. I remember that too. I would I would echo that. I remember, I remember after that game thinking, um, 
we got to write this ship because it was it was like such a surprise to me. I don't think we had lost to Gilmore uh, in the previous three years, right? If, yeah. I mean, I think I think the games were kind of brutal, frankly. I think we were beating them pretty handily. Now, you know, correct me if I'm wrong on that, but that was my impression. And we had beat field. We had just played us really well, but then we um, lost to Gilmore. Yeah, we just didn't. We just did. We we went into halftime. It was, they were winning six nothing, um, and yeah. we just we were only able to muster one score that. Old yeah, game. I remember the feeling of like we're about. We need to get this going. Like we need to get this going because you, if we don't get this going now, we're not going to actually win this game. And that was like my strongest feeling from that game was, you know, let's let's get this moving. Uh, but we never we never yeah, really but- truly got it moving. No, no, it just everything just seemed kind of off. About I think, game. you know, like we said, we saw them against U.S. And I remember that game being like 60 to 14 or something. I mean, it was ridiculous. Then we played U.S., um, a game that I think we all felt we should have won. We had opportunities. Um, we had, you know, easy things that could have gone either way and none of them went our way. Um, and so I think with the short week, um, the few data points that we had, um, we probably went into that game overlooking Gilmore. Um, didn't execute to the fullest ability. I remember we got down and I think we had first and goal on the two and jumbo jam was our butter and we couldn't get it in and i think on fourth down your dad tried to change it up and we went with a jumbo jam keep that we had not practiced or talked about or anything we just like they saw something they were crashing down so hard on it that the edge was open um and not executing we just we fumbled the snap and turned it over and that was that um so yeah Yeah. our taste yeah i remember yeah i remember that game was i i just i remember it feeling it feeling off off in that way because it was you know like it was like one of those games where um playing it and being on the other side, like being on the wrong side of it, like knowing that like we shouldn't be there. Like, you know, like, and, and it was a strange, it was a really strange and maybe like a learning moment where it's like, this is, you know, like this feels really, you know, it feels crummy because we know we should be on the other side. Um, I, I remember, I remember not too much from that. I, re- I do remember in that game um, uh, picking up a fumble and, ca- and like catching it on a hop. And, and I remember I was like, so I was standing. It was like one of the rare times where I'm like standing and like I got like, I, like I recovered it like, like straight up and it's, you know, and despite like all the years of just like, just fall on it, cover it. I remember taking a step and just being like, I'm gonna run this back right now, um, which didn't happen. Um, <laughs> uh, but I remember thinking that in my head, just like, I could, I could take this. I, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna run with this. Um, and I think I was like, I was, I was in a bunch of traffic and I was like immediately tackled, but, but I, I that I, that I remember pretty clearly is like, I can take this back. Week four opponent uh, is Aurora. 
And I think anyone listening to this that is in the younger crowd is going to be like, what were we doing playing Aurora? Because you think of Aurora now, and this was kind of the early stages of uh, the CVC conference and Aurora was a much smaller community at this point. Yeah. And this is a, uh, a game that is a shootout of sorts. Uh, one in which we fall short by three 34, 37, um, kind of get, get stuck behind a, uh, a deficit here early on, but to you guys, uh, to your credit fighting back and, uh, really making, really making a game out of this. Um, Brad, you had, you had a really big game. Uh, you found the end zone five different times, uh, well over 200 yards. Uh, one of those five was to Oberdorfer. Um, and, uh, talk a little bit, Brad, about what it's like to play quarterback. Um, and I, I, I'm similar shoes to you where it's senior year only, right? So just getting that senior year time at quarterback, what it's like to play that position for someone who has never so played quarterback. I think, you know, um, the position itself, you know, I didn't play any other positions. So the X's and O's were no different, but the leadership and the, the pressure are certainly what come with that position. Um, you know, we talk about our captain leadership earlier and those guys were on the field all the time. Um, but as the quarterback, whether you're a captain or not, when you're on the field, you know, you're kind of in charge. Uh, everything stops and ends with you. Um, and uh, so that's a different feeling. Um, I think that game, we might've fallen behind 28, nothing or something like that. We were down 14, nothing. Uh, we were actually, we might've been down even more than that. Yeah. 24, nothing. Down 24. Yeah, something like that um, early in the second quarter. Um, but we, we figured out some stuff that started working. Um, uh, Matt Roth uh, had a big game. We hit a, uh, we connected on a couple of, screen passes that went long and then a streak that he went up for in the end zone and got later on. Um, Greg Payne had a, a, a catch in the end zone. Um, but I think what stands out most is just, uh, you know, everyone not giving up. Uh, we were coming off two really hard losses. Um, one to that team down the road as you know, your dad would call them. Uh, and, uh, the other to a team that we definitely felt we should have beaten and not even been in a close game with. So we easily could have packed it in very early. Um, but I think, you know, what gets you, what got me through a lot of that too is looking into the huddle and seeing these guys looking back at me and knowing, Hey, you know, we're all there for each other. It isn't just on the person talking or, you know, anything like that. So, um, yeah, I think that's that was the first kind of feeling of that being really behind a big adversity and, and having everyone pick each other up. Brad, I think one of the hardest things about playing the position is consistent, positive body language. Like you cannot take the end of that play back to the huddle. And that is so difficult to do yeah. on repeat, right? I mean, like you can do it short burst, but like you got to be so aware 
of how your body language is sending a message to not just your team, but the, uh, the opponents and everyone watching. So I think that might be for me, at least that was one of the greatest Certainly, challenges yeah. of that position. Uh, week five opponent against Perry. I don't know if we want to spend too much time on this one, but for, uh, for the trivia folks, do you know who the quarterback uh, was for Perry? Not Do you know the connection to uh, the current NFL? Uh, he's, yeah, he's, gotta, in, yeah. he's, he's in the office, isn't he? He's in the yeah. front office. No, he uh, he just got promoted to head coach of the uh, Chargers, Brandon Staley. Huh. Yeah, John Carroll guy. So, D.C. for the Rams last year. Uh, so we're moving on to week six, and this is a game against Newberry, one where we uh, get off the uh, get off a string of a couple losses in a row here, and uh, we get back in the W column by way of twenty-one to seventeen. Yeah, that was another big game for Roth. That was a good game. Finding the end zone. So we are sitting at. Uh, what are we at now? Two and four. And with Cardinal up next, uh, we keep the win streak uh, going to two now. And we win by way of 26 to 12. And uh, Matt, do you remember anything about this uh, Cardinal game for yourself? First time finding the end zone on the ground? Yeah, it's not my favorite. Uh no, that, it was it was good. And honestly, I remember um, we had played Cardinal. We had had some close games with Cardinal in the years before. And we felt like we were a pretty talented team, even though our record wasn't reflecting it. And to go beat them pretty handily was was nice. And, that, and now it's back to back wins. We felt like we should have had back to back wins to start the season. So you're not really sure what you're going to be able to accomplish overall at this point because of the way wins and losses have gone. But again, to Brad's point, we never quit. We didn't quit. We kept fighting, whether it was Aurora or yeah. whichever game. So yeah, got in the end zone. Yeah. A lot of, lot of, lot of optimism after that game going into that, next game versus Berkshire. I knew, I think we all knew that was, that could be the, the turning point in our season. Yeah. I think um, I remember that game, yeah. there was a write-up or there was some hype about their quarterback. Um, there was even, I, I want to say someone maybe was just motivating us was saying that they they had some scouts watching their quarterback for that game. Um, and I remember our defense, you know, doing a good job of, of limiting them. Um, and us getting a lot of momentum off of that. Um, and so I think, you know, being able to, to find something like that to build off really helped propel us that game. Brad, you found pay dirt with the uh, QB sneak this time on one you were uh, better equipped to uh, be prepared for, right? Yeah, so this was actually the, the straight up sneak, not, not a, uh, a fake handoff around the corner sweep. Um, so I, I think I got in twice that game. Um, my only two rushing touchdowns. One was the sneak and one was uh, 
uh, sprint pass left um, that just kind of, I beat the guy to the, the pylon. Um, obviously we weren't running too far, um, but uh, yeah, uh, it felt good. Sure. <laughs> so week eight Berkshire um, falling up short uh, 22 to 20 and uh, good game for Matt uh, finding the end zone, both through the air and on the ground. Uh, but just uh, that's uh, that's tough to uh, overcome. I had my only tackle on the season in that game. Not not good for the quarterback. To be not a good one, that. though, right? Uh, actually, it, if it was a great hit, <laughs> I enjoyed the circumstances it. Um, for needing to do it, though, right? Yeah, not, I did. Uh, not, not, not yeah, good when you're running. I had a couple somewhere. of those senior year. That's. Uh, Still doesn't feel no. good, but you get frustration. We couldn't get a we couldn't get a two point conversion to save our life that game, and then I think we tried twenty two yard field goal. We tried to kick a field goal at the was end. Was Carney so, the yeah. kicker that year? So we yeah we had Nick uh, kicking kickoffs, and we struggled, um, you know, getting a good field goal kicking yeah. game. The year behind us, Jeff Beck, uh, he really got to, to develop and became really good. Um, and I know, you know, I'm sure you you probably maybe have a better insight. I can't imagine, you know, coaching had a decision each time, you know, do we want to try for two, which doesn't have great odds, or try for kicking. And um, I think, it, you know, being able to do one or the other would have been able to help us yeah. a little better. Yeah. This was a this was a tough game because I think we were this was a um, we were in this late, yeah. and I remember you know like I remember some like really strong uh, defensive stands. I remember you know like uh, I like I have memories of like going down towards the end of the game like on a kickoff and like also like being down there like and making a tackle, getting like good field position, and I think uh, like towards the end of the game like having a good defensive stand and um and getting injured i got injured i think i think on that last like defensive stand and that was the last yeah, you I'd got ever injured that game. i remember this yeah. game was for that reason and it was it was an emotional game like some of these the emotions of the game stick out more than others you know the the field game and the university university game and the gilmore game they stick out a lot the aurora game um, but this Berkshire game too, uh, I remember, I remember we, we, we didn't make a field goal at the end of the game, which, um, I then we went back the following day, not the following day, but the next opportunity. And we're all trying to kick a stinking field goal and it's, I'm terrible at it. The next guy's terrible at it. This is not, this is an actual skill set, right? Um, and it, it's a hard thing to do. And, and, uh, and so, you know, it was just, it was, it was uh, one of those times we were close once again. And it wasn't just one play, frankly, because I fumbled one time in my time at Hawking and it was in this game. And I remember the play very vividly. And I just couldn't believe that the ball, well, it wasn't a big hit or anything. Uh, someone just, just pulled, just pulled down. And, you know, the ball came loose. 
and uh, I couldn't recover it. And, you know, in a tight game like this, these, these are, you know, these things make the difference. So I remember we were all fighting hard. We were ready to win. We were playing well. We were putting ourselves in positions to win. Um, but, and we hadn't really lost to Berkshire before. So this was a little bit similar or unfamiliar, like the Gilmore game was. It's like, gosh, you know, we should, we should probably be up by a lot more right now. But, uh, but it was a close game. Yeah, I think, you know, with what Obi said, you know, we didn't have a kicker. Carney did a great job stepping in. He, you know, Dusty was a kicker before. Carney wasn't kicking. Um, and, you know, he, he stepped up um, and gave it all he had. Um, there were a lot of other opportunities yeah. that we had, you know. Um, like you said, I think six turnovers, uh, you know, missed opportunities. Week nine, um, hosting Grand Valley, and uh, this is a six to twenty-four. Uh, uh, this yeah. was a late homecoming, huh? Week nine, homecoming. Bad weather. Oh. Wasn't a lot of snow, but it was like that it was, really. It was an ice game. game. It was ice. Yeah, it was super icy slush. It was miserable. I think that really hurt, you know, a guy like Matt Roth, who has that that ability to change direction and accelerate quickly. And when you have when you're on ice skates, you just don't have that. So I'll defer to uh, you, Knox, being the lineman. Did you enjoy playing in the cold? Uh, I feel like there's this like uh, mantra that all linemen and interior. I love the cold. I love the mud. Yeah, I do love it, but I didn't love that game because we lost. You know, if I can think of other sloppy games that were awesome, you know, but um, that one particularly stunk, and that 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 one uh, it stuck out. I remember going to homecoming and still being cold, and you know, pretty disappointed. So the conclusion of the season is in week 10, a home contest against Kirtland. Um, impressions of the game, but then also I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on spending those last moments uh, on that, uh, that home field and what that, what that felt like in that moment. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll grab it from there. I remember – the season, the season is what it is at this point. We want to go play good football, but the feeling, I, re I remember listening to James Hardiman talk about this on this podcast and it really hit home with me. Like I'll probably put it a little bit differently, but just that feeling that this is actually going to happen. Like we are actually going to leave this field. And I'm, I'm even a little, you know, choked up to this day, honestly. Uh, we're going to leave this field and be done. Um, so you, you go play the game and you want to play good football, but uh, you, you're probably not even going to play football again for most, most guys. Of course, we do have some guys that go on. So you're never going to put on the pads again. Uh, you're never going to hit. Um, so it was, it was, 
it was a very palpable, it was very palpable that feeling. And then the fact that you had all these uh, friends and teammates that you had been through so much with uh, together. Um, I remember, I remember it was really, really surreal. The end of the game, just watching, like, this is what really hit home. I think James was saying this, but like you, you would take glances at the scoreboard and you're like four minutes, 32 seconds. This is, this is unbelievable right now. So, you know, I guess the fact that it hurts is proof that it was awesome. <laughs> uh, you know, to be frank, you know, if it was nothing special, then you just sort of go hit the showers, but it was incredibly special. And so <clears throat> for it to come to an end is, is, uh, you know, it's a tough thing, but, but there's a lot of friendships that persisted. So yeah. someone else jump in. It, I was going to say, I mean, competing wrestling wise and, and then football, the feeling of walking off the football field is just totally different feeling that um, is much more sentimental. Um, and, and I think because it's a team and you build those bonds um, and, uh, but also just the time you put in those summer practices and, um, the team, the team meals and meetings and bonding. So, um, so yeah, it was definitely hard to walk away and say, you know, just say goodbye to it. And I think my freshman year of college, I was really going through some, some, a bit of depression just because, I couldn't put on a helmet or my, uh, the tan on my, on my pad line was fainting and stuff. You know, I, th that thing stayed for a while. Like I had that tan line right <laughs> below my knee for a good year or two. Uh, I had the chin, I had the chin pad tan, you know, um, I miss every, I miss, I miss the smells, you know, all the, just everything. I mean, yeah, I still miss it. And I feel like something um, will give me that sentiment again and I'll, you know, I can, that those memories come right back. Yeah. I mean, a lot of that game looking back seemed like, I don't want to say going through the motions, but like we said, you know, the, we knew what our season was at that point. Um, last game, I think, you know, by the end of it, you're thinking more about this being the end of an era than you are, you know, am I executing this play correctly? Um, a couple positives that stand out from that um, to get away from more of the, the sentimental kind of sad stuff um, is uh, throwing a touchdown pass to Nick's younger brother, which was his first touchdown. Um, and, you know, I, I think he was a contributor on those playoff teams the next couple of years. Um, so from this perspective, looking back, you know, there's that kind of passing of a torch and getting, you know, the younger guys who work bigger parts of the year early on involved. So they have experience going forward. Um, but yeah, what stands out is after the game, you know, being on the field, realizing it's all over, um, thinking back on, amazing experiences and missed opportunities. Um, and then just, you know, 
the bonds and lessons that, you know, you've made with these guys and, and experiences you've had that have uh, taken, you know, a bunch of 13 and 14 year old boys and, and turned them into to men. Um, and those are, are lessons, whether you won or lost, that have carried through through college, um, professional life, personal life. Um, and yeah, so, I mean, I think that those are the things that stand out from the last game. I've mentioned this on uh, other episodes, but the practice before the final game, um, just is such a special, uh, special, uh, memory in my mind each year. Um, just that, that last walk through running plays on air, finishing in the end zone here in, uh, here in the last conversation or chat from the coach and then hearing that it's time for the seniors to line up on that end line for senior handshake um and starting with the youngest guys and then working the way up to through the staff and then the seniors finish in with one another um that's uh that's one of the most special memories that i can remember that i have um on that field i love it All right. Um, we are going to do things a little bit different with uh, more than one one of you. So we are not going to do the typical quick fire two minute drill. So we will slow the pace down, call it a four minute drill if you want, where we're trying to run the clock out or whatever. But um, we will start um, with Nick. Nick, any significance to your jersey number of 78? Um, gosh, what was the significance? I, I can't. I feel was like it, it given was given to you, or was it one that you picked out at some given point? Given to me, I think, you know, like at, at a certain point, I want to say like during sophomore year, I went from, uh, I went from like, back, like going back and forth between offense and defense to like mostly, um, being a defensive lineman i can't remember if I, maybe i was just like i, I want to be you know um in because i went from 64 to 78 at, at uh in beach in the middle and um i feel like i just wanted to, like a 70s number i was just like i should i should have a 70s number it does look better Katie, yeah exactly so. it was it, i think that was the main that was the main <laughs> right Kyle, how about you with uh, 73? Any significance on that uh, jersey number? Uh, it, was my, it was my cousin, Brian Payne's number. Uh, yeah, um, I had to wait for Roger Moore to, to finish it up, and then uh, I had dibs on it. So, Brad, how about you, number four? So I actually wanted uh, number 12, and my away jersey was 12 because we didn't have a 12 home jersey. Um, so I got 12 my senior year for away games and I picked up four, uh, no real reason other than like, I guess kind of liked Brett Favre. Uh, that answers a question yeah. for me because I was looking through the scrapbook and I saw a picture with 12 and I'm like, <laughs> is this a JV photo that got slid in? <laughs> no. Away games were 12 and home games no were four. <laughs> Matt, how about 22? Any yeah. significance? I think similar to Brad's remark about Brad Favre, I, I liked um, at that time and at that point, it was, you know, Barry Sanders and Emmett Smith were the 
that was the conversation. Who's the better running back? And I actually was in the Barry Sanders category of, you know, that was my thought, but um, Ben Sands already had 20 and I took 22 and I just liked it. It just sort of, it sort of grew on me. And, um, you know, I, I started hearing about some other players before me that had worn 22 and they were, um, they, they would come around, right? I think, was it uh, Spacek? Lens Spacek, yep. Yep. And so I just sort of started feeling a connection with, uh, with that and uh, the guys that had come before me. So I, I just wanted to keep it and uh, keep going. Nice. Yeah. Nick, could you diagram a play from the offensive playbook yeah. your senior year? Is there a play? <laughs> you know, I, 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 uh, I don't think so. I don't think I could. Kyle? That, that was my go-to doodle in college when I'm in class. Yes. I'm, I'm, drawing, I'm drawing G's and traps and power counters. That's awesome. <laughs> Brad, what's the first play if, uh, if we were back in the field house and uh, one of the coaches called you up to the uh, chalkboard to diagram a play, what would you choose to do? I mean, I, so I, I always like the, the waggle uh, yeah. with the post corner on that route. Um, uh, How about you, Matt? Um, I, I kind of like, what was it, 810 slant or 911 yeah. Yeah, slant? Is that right? Yeah, I, I like the slants. I don't know. I think they're, uh, you know, they're efficient. I think we ran them well. <laughs> I sort of like the fact that you could just um, gain position on the defender and then and then make the plays. That was kind of important for me because I wasn't going to be bigger than anyone or really faster or stronger than anyone. So like on a route like that, I could set myself up for success. So nice. Probably something like that. Nick, rough guess. How many tangs did you do on the bus ride during your high school career oh probably a lot um, <laughs> um give us a rough guess probably a yeah. lot um i'm trying to think how many how yeah. many bus rides i bet i did i bet i did 60 <laughs> 70 <laughs> Do you, do you even do you remember anyone specifically do you remember any of the uh tangs that you uh called out uh, that, that can be repeated you know it's it's so funny because there's there's like um there's definitely a blur between ones that i would have done on the bus and then other ones that would have been done as you know like you know with like frat brothers uh in like that element um Knox, how many tangs ballpark? Um, uh, only a couple. I, I, you know, I was not that vocal when it came to the tangs. Um, and I feel like, uh, you know, in general, our class, I think Nick was the most vocal probably. I mean, I don't recall OB or Brad really doing much tanging. Brad, any? yeah i mean a handful maybe you know kind of that that obligatory you got to do one but matt, uh matt same thing so. 
Yeah, I'd say I'd say similar. You know, a, a handful. You know, you get you get some in after each game. And one thing I really remember is uh, if it didn't go well, right? Yeah. Especially when you were younger. <laughs> and I've yeah, I yeah. mean, I've mentioned Billy Brown a number of times here, but he had probably the best part of his game was his boo. It was <laughs> unbelievable. As good as he ran and caught the football, his boo was was fantastic. It was a game changer. You know, you knew whether your sauce was weak or not. Uh, <laughs> you didn't know. You didn't have any question where you stood with that tank. <laughs> That's awesome, Nick. Uh, what makes fudge good? <sighs> I mean, I think. In that perspective, I think what makes fudge good is like knowing like what bad fudge is, because because like you know there would there would be weeks where we would get that that really runny fudge, and it would show up and it would just be liquid and it was just you know it's just not fudge. So I think what makes fudge believe, good is, is uh, it that. should be square shaped and, and solid. Then we call that scrub. probably chocolate or vanilla, maybe right. peanut butter. Uh-huh. Scrudge. Oh, that's scrudge. That is right. Uh, Ky- Kyle, Brad, uh, yeah. or Matt, anything different uh, to add? About Sometimes the, it would uh, show up frozen. Combo. That was both good and bad. I remember somebody you know, put nuts both. like like peanuts in at one time. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll eat it. Yeah, no, never, that's okay though. Never, that's acceptable. It never stopped me. Price tag on it is is a. I'm a traditionalist kind of when it comes to fudge. I uh, I don't need to go the route of some of the stuff that it deviated to down the line, cookies yeah. and cream and yeah. birthday cake, and I'm yeah. not interested in that. Yeah. It was always funny. Yeah, like it was always funny when it showed up and it was like from a store. I that was kind of – you're just always just looks like, too good, okay. too perfectly cut, too perfectly yeah. cut. Yeah. Somebody is like yeah. – <laughs> or it was like still in like the packaging. You're just like – Nick, what was your favorite, or what is, I should say, what is your favorite sports movie? Sports movie. Um, Vision Quest, maybe. Um, I love me some Vision. Yeah. Love me some Vision Quest. I can remember. God, where do we watch Vision Quest, Obi? Kyle, do you remember? Maybe Scotty Ramirez's house. Watching Vision Probably Quest in, in between during, uh, uh, either the hit or during the hit. Yeah, yeah. I think it was at the hit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, this. I mean, you know, and that we didn't get into that, but this whole group, you know, like, yeah, was all on the wrestling team at one point. So, um, but yeah, the uh, you know, little Matthew Modine. What was it? What was the guy's name? Shoot. Uh, shoot. Yeah. Such a yeah. Kyle, favorite sports movie uh we'll go rocky you know go rocky first one uh that's well since uh yeah rocky three actually yeah okay um brad i'm gonna go with one that we watched uh a bunch of years during breakfast uh and that's gonna be the program (laughs) (laughs) salad matt uh it's actually not football but i'd say the natural i really liked that movie yeah 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 that was great because i like i was uh i played baseball as well so i like that movie were you a catcher yeah 
Nice. Last question, Nick, favorite class from high school? Uh, New York times. Uh, Who taught it? Was it, was it, it, uh, it was, um, Oh, yeah, yeah. I had uh, Nelson. Mr. I didn't Nelson. know how much longer you rolled. Think might have been uh, the last year. Course, so. Oh yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, they were done after that. That was a great course. <laughs> that was a great course, and it's it's you know it's it was like you know everybody thinks it's like super you know that it was just like a you know like easy course or whatever, but it was a very interesting course. It was a very fun uh, to get like into yeah. that routine of like reading the paper. <laughs> Agree. That's Kyle. Like uh, favorite class, um, <laughs> I guess uh, economics because it was with all these guys. That was pretty interesting. Oh yeah, who taught same, who same. taught econ? <laughs> Robert <laughs> Isabella. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Robert Isabella. Who was I think that was his, was, his was, first? Yeah, it might have been his first year teaching because he was in like the in like the finance yeah, office was, or something like he that. He had to deal with us senior year, so he had his hands full. <laughs> we weren't particularly focused. Brad, favorite um, class? I, Mr. Clark's U.S. history class was all right, was pretty good. Um, I had, had some some fun guys in it, and he was a fun teacher. Um, put up with me, which is always a good thing. Yeah. And Matt. I'd say uh, probably a toss-up. Uh, was it world history with Stacy? I, I thought that was that was pretty awesome, and uh, brought a lot of context and understanding to the events that got us to 1999 and 2000, I guess. But also that econ class was that was really rowdy. Okay, it was really fun, and the teacher like he kind of permitted it. He was, uh, it was his, I don't know if he felt like he could really oppose it, but we had, uh, he allowed a lot he of did. it. He allowed a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't just us. But like, I think I mean, in a good yeah, way. He did. Yeah. yeah. He made, he made class fun and we did learn something out of it. So. Yeah. And we, I think we also invested real money that year. Yeah. We were like, in. The, yeah, there was real money yeah. that we invested. <laughs> yep. And uh, nice. there were other, like, there were other really fun guys and in that class so it was it was us but also like i think trilling was in there is that yeah. correct yeah and, and diane shin maybe was yep. in there was she in yeah. there was carmen anyway, in that? that was a really it was a really memorable class again back to the people <laughs> right so good deal all right brad what are you up to these days uh, I am an orthopedic surgeon, do sports medicine, uh, uh, just in the Chicagoland area. Um, I've had the opportunity throughout my training to work on the sidelines as a team doctor. Uh, a lot of high schools in the Cleveland area when I was there, uh, unfortunately a few of them were against Hawking a couple times, which was really awkward feeling. I'll, I'll tell you that. Um, and then, uh, during my fellowship in Atlanta, I got to, uh, with the Falcons and Georgia Tech, which was an incredible experience. Um, uh, so yeah, doing that, living in Chicago, and uh, that's pretty much it. Awesome. Nick, what are you up to these days? So I work in, uh, I work in digital media. I run, um, I run 
talent at a digital media company. And like by running talent, that means like I oversee strategic partnerships and, you know, like actual talent. I started my career as an agent out here in Los Angeles back in 2008 and uh, did, you know, like represented celebrities, did endorsement deals for about five years and then moved into digital and started working with um, influencers, YouTubers, uh, and then have recently moved into like a concentration in gaming and esports um, guys on Twitch. So um, yeah, doing that, just, you know, watching, watching video games all the time. Matt, what are you up to these days? So I'm flying for the airlines now and I'm still in the Marine Corps reserves. Uh, I just got selected for Lieutenant Colonel, which is also an honor. And uh, congrats, man. That's awesome. Thanks. And um, investing in real estate and stocks. And uh, I'm getting a master's degree, a master's of science at Johns Hopkins. So, you know, it's busy, but I enjoy it. I like to work on things, make, make things better. So I'm enjoying it. Yeah. It sounds like a lot going on. <laughs> I left a few things out so I don't sound crazy. <laughs> you just sound busy, not crazy. Yeah. We can never keep up with OB and all the things going on. I mean, that guy is a jack of all trades. Um, I'm uh, pretty simple though. I'm, I work in talent acquisition for a bank and I'm a realtor. So I'm doing that on the side. Fantastic. Good to hear. Uh, good to hear what you guys are up to these days. Um, I guess my last question would be this. Um, when you think about your time within the program, is there a phrase or a lesson learned from it that still sticks with you um, in your day to day over 20 years after the fact? Brad, you want to start? Um. I guess it's going to sound cliche, um, but get better, get worse. You know, I think if I had to pick kind of like a motto of our program, I think that's one that, that you hear over and over. And it's the foundation of a lot of the things that we've talked about today. Um, commitment to each other, commitment to yourself. Um, you know, the idea that you can't just show up to the, the games, it's, more about what you put in in preparation and every day and being ready for that. Um, uh, and I think that translates to every aspect of your life. Um, and so, yeah, I think get, get better, get worse would be that. Yeah, I would say I have uh, one phrase and then one sort of mentality that really s stick out uh, for me. And the phrase is get better, get worse as well, just like Brad. And uh, I really, it hit home at the time when I first heard it. It makes sense to me. And I definitely still work with, with that sort of idea in mind. I think it's a good way to stay fueled. And, uh, you know, it's a good opportunity to ask yourself, where can I get better? Where can I contribute more? What can I do for the next person, right? And then the, the mentality it's really stuck with me. I hadn't seen anything like this before. And Hawking was like such a formative period for me uh, and for so many people, of course. But watching your dad, uh, this combination of intensity and poise 
was something that seemed that was seemingly contradictory or um, but once you saw it, once you saw the intensity with which, you know, we were going to go practice or we were going to execute a play or the expectations that were going to be set, but then also like the equal amount of poise that was going to keep you from, uh, you know, becoming overly emotional about something and going out and making mistakes and sort of you know, taking your effort off the rails or just being a good, you know, sportsman. Um, I think that combination of intensity and poise is, is really something special that I wish more people could see. Um, but honestly, I guess that's just what makes Hawkins football special. <laughs> yeah, I would double down on, on get better, get worse. I think that's a great, it's just, a, it's very simple. It's, you know, like everybody gets it. I think it's something that can be applied. Um, to everything obviously and i and i do and and obi i i think that is that poise and i would extend it to you know like i think to something i was talking earlier about like the sportsmanship and just sort of you know like i think in alignment with like a lot of the the things that that we would have just picked up at hawk and like fair play and like just holding yourself to like a higher a higher standard you know i think there was like that level of poise where it's Mm -hmm. kind of like all right like these people, they might be, you know, like the people that you're up against, like might be acting like this, but we don't, you know, like we don't act like that. Um, and I think that that's a very good, you know, like it's, it's a good thing to live by. It's a great thing, like as a parent to, uh, to, to think about. Um, and then I also, you know, on a, on a slightly lighter note, like I loved coaches to say he had that, that um, he had that, uh, that perfume mentality. Remember that you remember the perfume? Like, you know, yeah. like that perfume, you smell it, yeah. it smells good. You know, put a little bit on you, it's nice. Uh, but then, you know, you get a little bit in your mouth. <laughs> Not good. Not good. Uh, so that, that, I, that is a little bit lighter, but um, I think everybody gets it. And, uh, and I always like that. I always thought that was, that was uh, I like that. I just like that. Well, I'll bring it home. Um, you know, I think that, uh, Nick, Nick mentioned fair play. You know, I think that's, that's a pretty general, you know, Hawken phrase, but I think we are all very fortunate to, um, to play in, in sports programs where, where we do get the opportunity. And I mean, there's really no sports program at Hawken unless it's like swimming or soccer, where you won't get a chance or you won't, you can't compete. Um, and a lot of other people didn't have that experience. People we went to college with, they might've been good athletes, but they were at a big school and they just, they weren't going to be able to play football or play. They weren't going to be able to wrestle. So I think, um, just that opportunity, uh, is, is, is awesome. It's rare and not everybody gets to do it. Um, not everybody gets to play football. Uh, not everybody gets to play for a great coach who's, you know, who's coached other, you know, very, very good football players. So, um, you know, all of that is pretty unique, I think, to Hawken. Fellas, this, uh, this was a great conversation um, to be able to get four teammates on together and uh, and talk about those memories and those moments that, um, really solidified 
your growth and uh, steered you in the direction that you're continuing on right now. Um, I appreciate you guys carving out some time and coming on on this trip down to the river. Uh, Brad and Matt and Nick and Kyle, um, it's it's so easy to see your uh, your your love for each other and your passion for uh, all the memories that you guys have together, those shared experiences, how tight you are all these years later. And uh, this was, this was a lot of fun and I appreciate you guys coming on and uh, recording this episode with me. All the best to you. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for having us. Yeah, Dan. Thanks for having us. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for spending time with us today. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Tell a friend and spread the word. And until the next episode, like my dad always says, good night, Irene.